Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome to Awaken the Dream Radio with Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, which is me and my fabulous co-host and partner, Dr. Dream. Dr. Dream, you there? I don't hear him. We are having some tech issues, which is funny because this is the first day of Mercury going retrograde. And um, I'm just going to wait till I hear him, you know, jump in. But until then, it's been quite a week. Um, as everybody knows, it's election day today, and I'm just really grateful that we have such a fabulous guest, such a dear friend, such a brilliant soul to join us. Um, but before I introduce him, I just want to talk a little bit about the week and some things that are coming up. Um, this Sunday, 11:11 uh, in Ventura, California, we'll be putting on an event called Loving the Breath of Life. And it's going to be wonderful because a billion people are going to be joining in. That's the hopeful number. One billion people worldwide. We will all be breathing at the same time, really focusing our intention on, you know, global change for the better, just justice, um, you know, the purification of the waters and the skies and just, you know, really, you know, anything that matters deeply um, to each and every one of us. Uh, and, you know, our, our visions and dreams for the collective and for Gaia um, this is an incredible day to just put our attention on this. So I really look forward to that. And that will be from, I, I believe, 10, 10.30 in the morning on Sunday till around 6 at night. So it's a, a, a long event, which is great because we get to fit all sorts of things in, a galactivation. I'll be talking about Gaia Sophia and the awakening of human consciousness. We have Annalena, who will be doing breath and movement, and our friend Jillian Nye that will be doing an art exhibit. So I'm still not hearing anything from Dr. Dream. But I'm very happy to introduce my guest, which I hope uh, I won't have any tech issues in introducing. Um, is that you, Dr. Dream? Can I hear you? <laughs> oh, this I is me. This is, wow, isn't this exciting to start off a show like this? I, I don't even know how long I've been with Blog Talk Radio. I've never had anything like this happen. I hope it's not foreshadowing for the rest of the show. But um, this is why it's uh, another incredible uh, reason to be in partnership. Well, this is awesome, and it's the first day of Mercury Retrograde, and anyway, we're back on board with you, which is so great. It's wonderful to hear your voice, and um, so I'll let you, since you've been not here for a little bit, um, introduce <laughs> our guest. So I missed all the uh, show intro uh, bantering. That's some of my favorite stuff. <laughs> well, I talked about our event on Sunday. I talked a little bit about the week and more just the fact that it's election day, and we have this incredible guest and I'm just so grateful that he's with us tonight because, you know, we get to really talk about the real stuff on a day where people are, you know, running off and maybe voting for the not-so-real stuff. So, <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm loving this. And, and the title of tonight's broadcast is False Flags and Manipulations, How to Stay in Your Power. And so um, it's really my honor to introduce... Alfred Weber. Um, Alfred is a futurist who works to co-create a positive timeline 
and future for Earth and humanity in a sustainable, multidimensional society. His book, Exopolitics, founded the field of exopolitics, the science of relations among intelligent civilizations in the multiverse. And exopolitics includes a case study of human contact with an advanced civilization on Mars. Um, all of his information can be found at exopolitics.com. He's a founder and faculty member at Exo University, providing online web-based interactive continuing education in exosciences, sci sciences, and exopolitics. Uh, he is also the editor of This Live, a weekly magazine format news program, and the News Live reports the news that the mainstream news is designed to hide. And so um, there, there's so much. I mean, um, Alfred is a graduate of Yale University and Yale Law School in international law, was a Fulbright Scholar in international uh, economic integration in Uruguay. He's taught economics at Yale and constitutional law at the University of Texas. Um, he was general counsel to the New York City Environmental Protection Administration, a futurist at Stanford Research Institute. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I do have to throw this in. He is a judge on the Kuala Lumpur War, War Crimes Tribunal, which we'll be able to ask about. But all of this is um, is really wonderful information um, about about Alfred, the bottom line is this is one of the most amazing people I've ever had the opportunity to meet. He works tirelessly on behalf of the collective. And um, I, I've just never experienced um, someone with so much heart so much knowledge and just is out there and out there and out there. And um, personally, I'm absolutely grateful, and it's an honor for us to, to have Alfred on our show uh, this evening. Now we've had some technical difficulties. Alfred, are you with us? Okay. So we've <laughs> – Laura, are you with us? I'm here. Okay. So we've we've lost Alfred. Um let me just see it's a weird night. Um <laughs> I'm just like, okay, this is getting stranger and stranger. But you know, we did kind of expect tonight might be a little bit strange. I mean it's been a strange day. And I'm And he's unmuted. You unmuted him, right? Yeah, no, he's not there. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just sort of par for the course. Um, I am, I have Skyped him. Well, in the meantime, I, I would like to just, you know, maybe talk a little bit since we're both why here and we're live. Why don't you do uh, that and let me um, jump in and see what's going on? I'll, yeah. I'll, you talk. Well, I just want to, you know, speak on the issue of voting and elections. I know many people are outspoken about not voting and many people are outspoken about voting. I personally don't have a judgment which way anybody goes, but I do have just a plea to anybody that is voting to really just look deep, deep, deep into what so many of us are putting out there as far as uh, 
just a lot of um, hidden agendas, a lot of different things that are happening that we're not really finding out any truth or answers about, you know, especially chemtrails, GMOs, um, you know, just basically so many people are coming forward with claims about ritual abuse, uh, you know, all these different mind control projects. And what I don't understand is that we can just actually show up and continue to empower something that hasn't answered some of these questions and that humanity isn't, or at least the, the residents of the United States of America aren't active in, in trying to get those answers. Um, Occupy was a very good example of, you know, people really, you know, working on doing that. But I just think on Election Day, you know, before we go and put ourselves out there that there should be, you know, something, something that can kind of uh, delay this process to get these answers, which isn't happening, of course, because it would take the masses to agree. But it's just a deep prayer of mine, and um, I'm pretty outspoken about how much I do not support the government. I myself don't vote. Um, the way I choose to take responsibility is by being an activist and, and exposing things and empowering Gaia and empowering the human spirit. Uh, that is what I choose to vote for rather than sitting around complaining about the election and then not doing anything. So, um, you know, it's just an incredible day to just sort of witness this, this part of history still, still continuing, this pattern just still continuing. Um, so I guess that's just really where I stand on the matter. You're and perfect. I just really now, hope Alfred Al joins us so that he can tell us his perspective. Uh, Al Alfred, are you there? Alfred? <laughs> Alfred. can't hear a thing. Yeah. Well, tech issues, Mercury retrograde. Here we are. There's an audience. Hi, everybody. This should be happening. He just um, Alfred, are you on? He's on now. He yeah. be on. Yes, I am. Ah, perfect. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Alfred. Can you hear us? Yes. Yes, I can. Okay, great. I well, think that there timing. was a... There was a there there was a communication glitch of some sort. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. something with there's there seems to be something with uh Blog Talk Radio, but um it seems like everything's good now. I gave you um an incredible introduction. Um so oh, great. the recording of it. <laughs> oh good. But um we're well we are well, well I can report that while I was Somehow I went into utter silence, and right now in the horse race in the Matrix selection, uh, Romney, at, at this moment, uh, Romney, according to CNN, Romney is ahead with 152 electoral votes to Obama's 123, and Romney is winning 51% of the popular vote to Obama's 48. So that's where things stand at uh, 6.11 p.m. Pacific time. Wonderful. Well, so I wanted to... Go ahead, Laura. Go ahead. No, well, go I was ahead, going to go right into a question, but, but if you want to say something first, I'll hold off. I guess what I was going to ask, Alfred, is your perspective on the elections as far as false flags go and, and also this storm. I mean, these are the two main things kind of in you know, the headlines right now, and I just, you know, really want to get your take on just both. And 
you know, whichever one jumps out to you first, um, you know, by all means begin with. But definitely I just would love your perspective. Sure, sure. Well, um, our topic for tonight is false flags and manipulations, how to stay in your power. So before airtime, I made a a list of at least false four false flags that I I have objective data about that relate to the 2012 selection I call it uh in in an objective way that people may want to think about and we can talk about these uh and the first is and I'll and I'll just list them, and then we can go back and talk about them, um, if you like. The The first is that the 2012 election, like every presidential election since at least 1971, is in itself a false flag on the uh, U.S. electorate and on the world population. And that is because of uh, the fact that the um, controller elite, uh, let's I, I call them the CIA time travel apparatus, uh, and I'm sure that the CIA itself is muscle for a global elite, and and they have had time travel, a time travel secret time ta- travel technology, by which they have known every future president since 1971 forward. And we know that through uh, the whistleblower testimony of our mutual colleague and esteemed friend, Andrew D. Bishago. Uh And we can go at that through length. So, But just to briefly summarize on that point, and then we can come, come back and talk about it, the fact is that the controllers have known who the winner of the 2012 election is going to be, that winner has been pre-informed and has been prepared for whatever the results are. So so uh, $6 billion have been spent on this, and uh, the population, in essence, we've been treated to two years of what the Romans called bread and circuses. Uh, you know, food stamps and elections for two years for a lot of the population, uh, and and uh, it, it, it is a total fraud and it is a false flag on the population and on the constitutional order. So the question is how to keep one's power in the middle of that reality, and there are all sorts of ways that we can talk about that. Uh, in you know that I think will be very interesting. The second, uh, <clears throat> which Laura, you you asked in your question, uh, was what hurricanes Sandy and Isaac had to do with it. Um, hurricanes, they're they're sort of harp hurricane bookends. Hurricane Sandy, of course, October 22nd to 31st, 2012, was the bookend at the end of the campaign, and Hurricane Isaac, August 21st to September 1st, 2012, 
was the bookend at the beginning of the campaign. And the CARP controllers, who are the principally the uh, British Crown and the bloodline City of London uh, uh, bloodline bankers, led by the Rothschilds with their North American contractors, the uh, Rockefellers, and sort of the um, the uh, Skull and Bones crowd, uh, they they seem to have tilted, used the hurricanes to tilt for Obama, arguably because they they uh, um, steered Hurricane Isaac into the GOP convention in Tampa, and that knocked out one day of their convention and also um, slowed down his bump. And then with the uh, with uh, Hurricane Sandy uh, on October 27th, right before Sandy hit its maximal surge, uh, Obama's approval rating had plummeted uh, seven points precipitously from 53% down to 46%. And uh, any president to sitting U.S. president needs at least 50% to secure re-election. Well, on November 1st, 2012, uh, one day after Sandy's peak, uh, Barack Obama's approval rating was at 50%. So, there was a success there. Uh, let's go to three more false flags, I think. One is a human condition, uh, and that's uh, if we look at the moon and Saturn. And a number of authorities have spoken about this from David Icke. There, There's a whole uh, learning in antiquity that, that points to a period when Prior to the solar system catastrophe of 9500 BC, uh, the Earth did not have a moon. And what the moon appears to be is a platform, an antenna for amplifying a mind-controlled signal coming out from Saturn that essentially establishes uh, a control matrix for being for the incarnation experience on the planet. And right now, uh, uh, there's a lot of learning and suggestion, preliminary re- research, that there's a, a kind of a holding cell for souls on the far side of the moon. And, you know, a good deal of humanity incarnates on the far side of the moon. The greys have a very big role in transporting souls and kind of lining them up for the incarnational cycles. And uh, they, you know, they're in that sort of prison planet. And uh, there there are, um, that's why we're in this uh, uh, repetitive cycles of war, disease, crime, and poverty here. And in the in the um, in the exploitative Anunnaki Illuminati uh, 
hierarchy because we're inside of this matrix. So our entire incarnation is a false flag, which is set up uh, uh, because our souls have been captured inside this Saturn moon matrix. And so we, uh, together with some of our colleagues like Zany Mystic, we've started a thing called the Move the Moon Movement, <laughs> which is to yeah, wake people perfect. up, you know, to to wake people up to the fact that the moon is this artificial satellite that that is here as an amplifier of 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 the mind control that keeps people as sort of in this walking zombie-like dream whereby we're just cannon fodder and wage slaves that uh you know recycle constantly uh the 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 fourth kind of false flag and you know this is not urban legend and it's not cons- conspiracy paranoia because people can go to to exopolitics.com and I've actually been studying this phenomenon now for 39 years and my first book was written on this phenomenon I wrote it in, in uh, 39 years ago in uh, in, um, in 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 1973 and it was published in 1974 by G.P. Putnam's in my book called The Age of Cataclysm and that is that our son seems to have a a twin dual son and that's nothing to be surprised of in fact in our galaxy and our universe 50% of the solar systems are dual sun solar systems and it's it's the exception rather than the rule where uh where you have single sun s- systems that's the exception uh and and this dual sun appears to be a brown dwarf and we now have very good photographs of it and people can go to uh exopolitics.com and you'll see um see uh uh you'll you'll see photographs and videos of of our dual sun there there's an article you can just click on it there it's called Herculeus Nibiru Planet X Tyche Nemesis Wernwood Update those are all of the 100 plus names that the dual sun of our sun has how extraterrestrials are intervening to shield the earth and what's remarkable is that we have on the one side we have dramatic evidence that this planet is coming into the inner solar system that it's affecting and creating global warming of the entire solar system including global warming on earth that the that the uh uh power structure on earth as early as 1971 had knowledge of this and we know that from uh a one-time chronovisor probe done again by our mutual colleague Andrew de Pachago in 1971 uh um uh, 
as part of Project Pegasus, where they found the U.S. Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C., under 100 feet of brackish water. And that was repeated again in a March 2010 report uh, by the Farsight Institute with the largest number of military-trained remote viewers uh, who found in June 2013 they had eight locations around the world, including the U.S. Capitol, right across the street from the um, uh, U.S. Supreme Court building, and they found it you know, under deep water and demolished and the Sydney Opera House, one of the other eight buildings demolished and, you know, all of this. So it looked like there was what we call a global coastal event. And that global coastal event is what the psychic Edgar Casey saw, which is uh, what was part of the subject of my first book, The Age of Cataclysm, in which I looked at geology and seismology and looked at what the plausibility of a global coastal event might be, such as uh, Edgar Casey had apparently done in an early, er, early, er, early remote viewing, and so there's a plausible uh, 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 picture, sort of a, a a congruent picture between what Project Pegasus saw what the Farsight Institute see for 2013 and what Edgar Casey saw. And now, uh, so that what occurred in, in, in 1971 was that uh, the defense attache of Project Pegasus was Donald H. Rumsfeld, who was also a Nixon cabinet member, uh, as was the U.S. National Security Advisor, Henry Alfred Kissinger, who I just think is a war criminal and disgrace the name Alfred. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, what the heck. And and uh, uh, Kissinger, and so Kissinger and Nixon, Nixon was the president, must have gotten that information, and they went ahead, and we know this, that there are now at least 174 deep underground military bases. Uh, and these are for the political and the economic elite of the U.S. and of the world, the world monarchs, the world bankers, uh, the the governments of the world, the all of the U.S. military, all of the hospital workers, all of the scientists that bring you GMOs and all those great scientific inventions. I'm being utterly sarcastic, and all of the technocrats of what we can call the new world order. So they are, they have 174 at least deep underground military bases in Europe, in in uh, North America. They're an equivalent number in China, in Russia. And they're seed bases in Svalbard, Norway, built by uh, some of the leading Bill Gates and the leading New World Order companies, uh, which have all of the seeds for the world afterwards. So they, they have their New World Order paradise built, and their plan is that this Planet X is going to come along, which, you know, it looks like it's happening, and you should go and look at the data, and it's there. And and they will have their New World Order paradise, their elite theme park, uh, you know, afterward. Well, so the problem is, is that we live in a complex 
multi-dimensional multiverse, and it looks like the extraterrestrials, which we now photograph um, in large spaceships around the sun, are intervening to shield the Earth and the rest of the solar system from uh, Planet X, from any of the great uh, solar flares and solar uh, uh, storms. Uh, and because what, what what happens is that when this dual sun comes, it's expected to come in uh, along one alternative to within 2.85 astronomical units of the sun, um, which is about 190 million miles from, from the sun, about the orbit of Mars. So one of the hot rumors is that now they're evacuating Mars. They're, they're evacuating all the deep underground bases on Mars, which was supposed to be like the you know, the survival base. Well, all, all the personnel are being teleported back to Earth and to the deep underground military bases here. And that's because uh, Nemesis, Planet X, is going to be around Mars, and there's going to be so much interaction between Planet X, Nemesis, Wormwood, and our solars and our sun that the sun will uh, start having many more uh, solar storms and solar flares that in turn could disturb our Earth and be, uh, you know, damaging to our, uh, to our ecology and destroy aspects of our surface, surface civilization. Um, but the Mexican government this year released these ancient artifacts, Mayan artifacts, showing extraterrestrial civilizations in spaceships coming out of triangular portals in the sun, just like the NASA photos that we have, the SOHO photos of triangular portals in the sun and planet-sized UFOs coming out of those portals and, you know, shooting lasers into the sun and doing all of this kind of stuff, which is uh, and in these ancient Mayan uh, artifacts, which you can see at exopolitics.com in this in this article, uh, they are shielding the Earth and they're diverting the course of these celestial bodies. So there is a precedent that these extraterrestrials, who may be part of the Galactic Governance Consortium, that's responsible for creating homo sapiens in the first place and that has you know has a custodial uh uh relationship to earth and and you know has has sort of a, a an ethical responsibility toward us is is not going to allow us to be to be uh extincted uh just because we have some uh, uh and an elite that thinks that it's great for them to go underground and then for two or three billion dollars and then to just have Planet X get rid of 95% of the population of the Earth. Uh, uh, so that means that their plan for depopulation over the next few years via Planet X is just not going to happen. And there could be you know, we there there could be uh, uh, also diversions in the Planet X 
uh, wormwood uh, 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 path. And but what is for sure is that those underground bases exist. Uh, so so these uh, these are some of the things. Finally, um, we we and 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 we can talk about this if if we look at the two uh, contenders. Uh, I actually uh, and people can go again uh, to exopolitics.com and it's on a menu there. But we we actually caught. One of the two GOP candidates, uh, uh, Mitt Romney, using the central slogan of Andrew D. Bishago's 2016 presidential campaign slogan, A Time for Truth, and he was using it in the 2012 campaign against Barack Obama, and we caught him in this in this speech, which is uh, it was a speech to a group of Ohio coal miners, uh, in in which Romney walks out and completely kind of in a cognitive dissonance moment says, "This is a time for truth," and then he launches into a speech about how bosses know better than the employees which politics they they should vote for. And so it's either someone uh, in, you know, either classical political espionage, because at the time of the Romney speech, which was August 2012, uh, the Andy 2016 campaign had already developed that, that slogan and was talking about it in emails and on Facebook, or... Someone inside the the uh, CIA uh, time travel apparatus is giving forward intelligence, is leaking forward intelligence to the Mitt Romney campaign, so that in that case Mitt Romney would be running against Obama on slogans that presumably Annie Bashago might use successfully in a presidential campaign in the future because allegedly or reportedly Andy Bishago was leaked classified information that he in fact had been identified as a future US president. So this this whole thing gets very complex because Andy now has defected from CIA and has decided to go public and become a whistleblower. So these are just many of the different false flags that we can talk about just in, in terms of the selection. And I know, Laura, you are from a presidential family yourself, and so I would love to get your thoughts about all of this as well. Yeah, well, my gosh. I mean, I, I, I am just hearing everything you're saying, and it just you know makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, we're just in this artificial creation, this whole moon, Saturn, you know, Matrix, the this movement that you're talking about, you know, that all makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I'm i not for government at all. I know that, you know, since the early 70s, like you said, or maybe since Eisenhower, um, you know, it's it's been a CIA project, and it's all been rigged, and it is a false flag. All these storms and just earth changes are engineered and created, and um, 
and so I, I'm just a real strong advocate and uh, just, just just really here to empower the positive timeline and the organic creation and just our, our natural spiritual abilities that are far more powerful than any technology and really to bring the power back to the, the, the human spirit and how much our focused intention can create the world that we can just stop depending on these lunatics and stop giving them our power and stop actually believing that they're, you know, out to really, you know, assist us. And I don't even think it's about the presidents. To me, they're just these mascots that are enabling what the shadow government is doing. Because I myself, and which I am doing, is putting my life on the line for the sake of truth. And it'd be nice if one of these people in office had the guts to do the same sort of thing, to protect millions and millions of people and to assist in our waking up. So I don't make any excuses for these people. Um, and that's all I can say. I mean, my question to you, though, has to do with, you know, what do you think Mother Earth is doing in reaction to all this? How can we really tell the difference between where she is trying to push through and where her Earth changes are taking place compared to these false flags and manipulations? And with some of the information you have, maybe you could help listeners differentiate a little bit between what is real and what isn't as far as what we're seeing you know, playing out on the world stage. That That's really a key question. And, and, and so... One of the ways to address it in the discussion tonight, be, because uh, as of as of right now, we don't know who the next who the next president is going to be. Uh, uh, we know that both of these candidates are the choice of the new world order. Uh, the new world order will be extremely happy with either. Uh, Obama or Romney, and they both they they both favor the banks, and uh, uh, they both fa- favor uh, uh, all of the basic uh, instrumentalities of the of the um, uh, of the world dictatorship that the new world order really means uh if we look you know and and that and so perhaps the best thing to address is how we can each keep our power uh in these coming years regardless of who wins the election tonight because even as that fa- even as the virtual false matrix that they are promoting uh uh which will become even more global over the next 4 years as they move prince william into place as a global king uh and uh you know begin to make all of those moves um uh on upper theater and as per- perhaps we we do have a landing of of extraterrestrial civilizations who are in league with the new world order and aren't particularly friendly uh this may also happen i e there may be things that will happen which will be really uh uh outside of the norm of what people know and and uh, we'll really be testing 
uh, of discernment uh, uh, and and uh, uh, so so that's 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 the sort of thing w- which I think is going to be occurring uh, over the next the the next the, the next several years. The way that I approach it is is to stay very close to my center and just always always uh, look into and just you know keep close to the ground keep my life very simple and and just uh uh ha- keep close to a sense of what is real and and have a good a good empirically based uh uh concept of cosmology uh of of what the world is like and have a good uh empirically based sense of of how the power what what the power structure is like and have a good uh empirically based sense of what the dimensional ecology of souls is like that is where our individual souls are based and how they come in here and what can happen to them and all the competing interests that are you know, trying to capture them and snare them, and be, because we're on a hardship planet, and we're in a hardship dimension here, and we're in a hardship universe, as I understand it, uh, Laura, is that not the case? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you know we're just in a pocket of duality, and we you know can initiate ourselves out of it if we can recognize the game. And it seems like you know the game has changed a lot. It like maybe what they expected to happen on Mars isn't what's happening. You know, I, I feel if Obama was in the Mars training program with, with Andy that, you know, he obviously has been pre-selected and maybe that gives us a sense that he will be president again or maybe they had to come up with a different plan because the whole Mars agenda got disrupted. Um, so uh, so I, I know that there's far greater beings and dimensions out there than, than this place. That's for sure. <laughs> Alfred, let, Sorry, me, let, me just inter- let me just interject something here. You bring up a great point. You said um, just to be to, to focus on what's real, and yet here we are talking about all these false flags, which, of course, to those of us that are not as seasoned as some of you, look real. The manipulations have the ability to look real. I mean, here we are on the night of the election for the president of the United States. And, I mean, we've had people giving us a hard time today, Laura and myself, about um, our perspective on the illusion of voting and the government and everything else, you know, really kind of throwing it back at us, like how can you guys be doing this? How can you guys be letting down the collective? Now, you know, of course, we know the truth of what's going on, but how do we settle in with what's real and how we skirt this aspect of the illusion, which at times can seem more real than anything? Right. And, and there, and, and there are many levels of what the illusion are. Um, 
basically we incarnate into the time-space hologram, which itself is an illusion. I mean, that that is just, that, goes that goes without saying uh uh we're we our our souls uh enter come from the interlife di- dimension through in interdimensional portals the, this is from uh empirical science this is from over 7000 cases of uh uh, hypnotic regression of soul memories of the interlife, and and uh, uh, so these are memories of people that you know that that actually have memories of what happens to their to their souls in the interlife, and then in the period uh, from the interlife into when they come into an an incarnation. So you hear say here on Earth. So, so uh, along the uh, lines of uh, Dr. Brian Weiss's work. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and uh, uh, I'm I'm looking here at his at his books. Um, uh, Dr. John, let's see where where is it? Anyway, I, I I can't see his book at at the moment, but. Uh, it's called oh yes, Doctor Michael Newton. Doctor mm-hmm. Michael Newton, and and um, uh, so our our souls, which are in essence holographic fragments of Source, um, come into after going through a, a very elaborate, you know, process of choosing. A life. I mean, we get to sample all all these other lives and then make a decision. And all, you know, you and I and Laura, we 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 may be leading simultaneous parallel lives in other dimensions of planets at this time. So this is a complex multiverse. But just in this life, we come in through an interdimensional portal, our soul, and then we're inside this huge time-space hologram, which is a virtual reality. We're inside a carnival e-ride. This is a carnival ride. This is built for the education of souls. The universe is essentially a, a, a virtual reality for the development and maturing of souls. It's like large greenhouses for maturing souls. That's the function of physical reality, even though, you know, there are all sorts of interesting processes that happen in the physical multiverses, you know, from how stars are born and galaxies are born and species are born and all of those interesting things. That's just part of the the virtual hologram. That's part of the drama. It's part of the story. And so... We come up to our bodies, and what the regularities show over these cases is that we uh, we 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 nestle up close to uh, the womb of the mother for about three months, in about uh, about three months prior to birth, and then we enmesh inside with the fetus, and then we're born up into. And but 
there's we're leading these lives on multiple levels because the people that we've meet the the main characters that we meet in our lives we pre-rehearse this beforehand and there are these elaborate right. courses and classes that we go to of how to recognize each other when we bump into each other in these lives mm-hmm. so everything that we're experiencing now is a drama that we're in for the purpose of developing our soul. That is, it has a reference. It has some other reference. So we should be experiencing everything with a certain amount of distance, you know, and and almost Detachment. audience appreciation, detachment, but dramatic detachment. <laughs> it's as though we are... We are at a Shakespearean play beyond anything that Shakespeare could imagine. Now, one can so that you, you can say, well, who who is the screenwriter that's writing my life? I want to know. I want a better screenwriter. Call in the rewrite guys, you know. And <laughs> and so it's it's like that. That that, that is that one can apply more creativity to one's life and and these are these are actually truisms these are truisms that 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 is we're inside a virtual reality and when they say oh you create your own life well you do create your own life and it's a matter of creativity in your own life how you create it and and so uh there, there are all these scripts going on on the planet, you know, and and people have sad scripts, they have happy scripts, you know, they have sci-fi scripts, they have, you know, guilt scripts, and and so, uh, I think that that the way to probably the one of the best ways to to equip people is to. That, that one becomes self-aware of the script by which one is one writing one is that by which one is writing one's own life, and to learn how to bring in better scripts and how to reinvent yourself every day and just start writing better scripts. Anyway, I love this. I, I, I love this awesome. because this yeah. is this is how to stay in your power. This is the the detachment, not owning it too much. I love what you're saying about the development of the soul. And as I'm looking at my own experience, I'm realizing that my soul doesn't need to develop through getting immersed in um, what the government is doing and and owning that too much, so much that it, it brings me down. I have seen so many people in the last month that are just basket cases over this election and I just choose not to go there at all. I mean, my life is worth more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially since the election, the reason why they have it for two years is that the election is a false flag and and, and it's like this, this, this brain game that they throw at the population for two years and they totally run the population into the ground and they divide it around the election. It's a false flag because they know who's going to win in the end 
because they have time travel. So it's the greatest control mechanism in the world. For for the last two years, they have the population utterly divided. They're 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 uh, spending six billion dollars on it. It's bread and circuses, and the population is a mesh divided, and now it's exhausted, and they they've been diverted away from taking care of their own needs for two years. You know, for example, here in Canada, where I live, which I'm not saying is a paradigm. In fact, Canada's like a really New World Order company. Yeah, it's a New World Order company. It's like Canada is the extension of the Hudson's Bay Company, basically. And it's the most colonial nation on the planet. And it's directly under the sovereignty of the British Crown, and it's gone under Harper. Our New World Order Prime Minister has gone backwards to where, like everything now, is the Royal Canadian Navy and the Royal this and the Royal that, because they're getting ready to roll out Prince William as the new Zionist King, so as the New World King. So that's what's going on here. But at least here, by law, elections only last thirty days. That's all you can let. That's all that you can do by law is 30 days. So they don't have that false flag by which to, you know, womp the elect the electorate. But in the states, they have womped the electorate back and forth. You know, made the electorate into this dish rag by by just whomping them with this false flag of an election for two of a campaign for two years when they know what the outcome's gonna be because of time travel. It's the perfect operate psyop false flag and everybody's in it for democracy. Yeah, we have our power when pff, you don't have any power. <laughs> you get it? Right. <laughs> yes. It's it, it just so so <laughs> that 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 calls for knowing that, right? Knowing that, and then having detachment in in those areas. It 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 goes back to Saint to 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 Saint Francis's prayer, doesn't it? Oh Lord, give me the strength to change those things that I can, you know, to oblige those things that I can't, and the and the and the strength to know the difference. Because yeah. when we incarnate into this dimension, when we incarnate into this dimension, we're incarnating into the Saturn Moon matrix. That is huge. That's probably <laughs> the hugest mind control thing in this entire galaxy, if not in this entire universe. Look, they had Michael, who was, according to some versions, a creator paradise. Son of God, Creator, incarnate here as Joshua ben Joseph, Jesus. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but I'll, I'll just posit it, and people can correct me. But he chose one incarnation to come here in that incarnation because this planet was so, so, I mean, like you really get your stripes by punching your ticket here. I'm just using the vernacular. Why? Because we're incarnating into the Saturn moon matrix. It's really tough here. And to get enmeshed in anything here is really dangerous. One one should be just 
utterly in the truth and utterly in what's real insofar as one can see it. And that's why, you know, some religions are, you know, just like Catholicism, which is all romance and story. Well, you're, you know, look at the Vatican. The the Vatican is all about money and spying, right? <laughs> That's basically it. It's the largest largest espionage agency on the planet, and the Vatican Bank is closely allied with the British Crown and the City of London. And and that's about the story of the Vatican. And through the secret treaty of Verona, the Pope rules all the kings and queens, and that's and that's their story. Well, so be it. You know, that's there on their dimension, but we're on different dimensions of energy that they can't touch. Absolutely. It's just, you know, this is a real cosmic test being here, and it's really, you know, we do have the choice, and it's in our reaction to everything, and that's why it's so important to be detached, because the more we invest ourselves in the gravity of this dimension and we try and solve 3D problems through 3D-type thoughts, we're not going to transcend anything because we're just going to stay in the loop of this time control matrix. And, you know, if anybody has information, it's you. I mean, you've been at this for so long, um, you know, and, and coming from, you know, the background of being a judge and a lawyer, you know, really focused in on justice, this must be, you know, it must have been one series after another of jaw-dropping revelations about what's really happening, you know, being in the field that you've been in. Can you talk a little bit about your background and just, you know, where, you know, some of this, you know, the, the concept of false flags and manipulations just really started to take hold where it became such a passion for you to just, you know, put this out there well, and, you know, what were yeah. some of the first revelations in your history? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I mean, that is that is uh, really interesting and I I am I am sort of taking it now at kind of the micro level rather than the macro level because I'm I'm working on two books. One book is it'll it'll be out, you know, over the next li- little while. I actually, I've actually written a first draft of it and it's called Dimensions: The Ecology of the Multiverse. And that talks about a lot of the macro ideas that that we've been that we've we've been touching on in the last hour uh at the micro level i'm also writing my autobiography and it's actually my third autobiography because my first two did not manage to see the light of day and so this autobiography is called its working title is the worldwide weber you know like www worldwide web <laughs> and 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 it's and it's and it's really gotten into, and and you know and, and so it, it's 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 not the type of autobiography where oh, I was born and then you know I got up and I went to school you know it's not that kind of book you know what I mean, it's more <laughs> it's more the point of view it's like on the balance of light like I incarnated into this planet at the height of World War II to maintain the balance of light. So I incarnated into a U.S. naval air base. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, yeah. I just look at it. I, I take myself in as a light worker, and, and I look at all these things. Well, uh, so that, you know, even from that point, the way that I incarnated in, you know, like Laura, like, 
look at the family that you incarnated into, right? I mean, yeah. it's it so I I have like for me it's a similar story. Like my uncle was an admiral in the US Navy. You follow what I'm saying? So yeah. I I incarnate into this family which is like wild. I mean, like how many Scottish Cuban families do you know? <laughs> <laughs> You follow what I'm saying? So, and on, and on, and on my, on my mother's side. So, this is at the macro, at 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 the micro level. So, I have to see. Well, why was I incarnated into this family? And then I have to trace it, right? So that's so that's kind of the process at the micro level that I'm going through. But it gives me a map of my life. And it gives me a map of my mission, and hmm. and 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 guess what? It turns out to be congruent with my work and with what I've been doing. I mean, it just—it is totally amazing how just the things like your family crest and family motto is like worked out, right? Like, I'll give you an example. My my mother's family is the Chisholms, which is a Scottish family. So the Chisholms have two family crests. And one of the family mottos is Fedos Fedios, which says, I am fierce with the fierce, right? Well, that's that's my that's my thing. I I am a spiritual warrior. I mean, you know, I'm fierce with the fierce, you know? Yeah. That's the whole story of my life. I mean, I'm just a battling spiritual warrior, you know. I was a <laughs> lawyer at the Panther Twenty One trial, you know. I, you know, I mean that that's sort of archetypally what I am. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and you know, battling and the Panther Twenty One trial was a huge uh, a false flag that the FBI, namely the New World Order, pulled on the African American community in the U.S. in the 1960s. So that, you know, that was uh, where there there was this party that was trying to look after the welfare of the African-American community, and they accused them of trying to blow up the Statue of Liberty, i.e. they just reversed them into this total big lie. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, uh, and, and, that's, and that's how my whole being is built. I'm fierce with the fierce, you know, and, and anybody who's, had to run into me knows that whether yeah. they're a judge on the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal where we found George W. Bush and Tony Blair guilty of war crimes and now neither gentleman or neither person because they aren't gentlemen they're both war criminals can travel outside of their country for fear of arrest and so you know I'm fierce with the fierce and you know so oh. that's 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 what has happened and the other, the other, <laughs> the other family crest. I mean, he, he, you know, since you asked the question, I'm sort of giving answers. But the other family crest, and you know, this exercise is so interesting. You you know, like once you start getting into the micro of your life, and 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 seeing how the micro of your life relates to the macro. It's just really amazing. And the other family crest of the Chisholms and its motto 
is this. It's the Pope, the King, and the Chisholm. And what it is is that the Chisholms have such a, a self-inflated view of themselves that they say that the 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 chieftain of the Chisholm clan is called the Chisholm, and that there are only three people in the world that can call themselves the, the Pope, the King, and the Chisholm, right? So I incarnated into this clan that thinks that the Pope and the King and the Chisholm are equivalent to them, right? <laughs> All right. And so... What am I about? I'm about self-sovereignty, you know, self-sovereignty, self-government, vis-a-vis the mm. Pope, this, where, where the Vatican and the religions have tried to expropriate spirituality and make it political unto themselves and imprison mankind. So part of my work in exopolitics, in dimensions, is to liberate humanity, right? So yes. that's... So that through my family motto, hey, that's the Pope, the King. And that's what I do as part of my family mission. It's perfectly natural. You know what I'm saying? It's like (laughs) natural to me. The other is the King. Well, the King is the sovereign, the Queen. Well, it's the same thing. You know, like today uh, I interviewed Kevin Annett and the International uh, Tribunal into Crimes of Church and State, the Queen, of, of England now is is being indicted for uh, genocide against children. You know, we have witnesses and, and the whole thing, and it's perfectly natural to me to be assisting that tribunal to be a judge on the 9-11 war crimes tribunal where one of the defendants may be the British Crown. So, so that uh, uh, that you know, so that my role as the Chisholm uh, is perfectly natural to be confronting the king and the pope. So it's it's where you have these kind of macro, micro energies then that roll out into your your uh, uh, you know into the macro missions and macro roles that you that you work on in your life in this dimension. Mhm. Wow, that's just so wonderful to hear. It's so inspiring and it's so true. And I can really relate. So I'm I'm just so glad that I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now Alfred, you've mentioned um the tribunal. Um I, I know about, of course, the um, the war crimes uh, tribunal that you were on in Kuala Lumpur. I want you to talk about that a little bit. You just mentioned um, about one for the Queen. Do these do these uh, tribunals and the verdicts that are reached do they have any teeth at all, or is it just um, just an act to go through to help people sort of um, tap into what's going on? T- talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, that's really a key question, and that is the question that people really want to know. And and this is uh, you know, and this is sort of the answer. These are tribunals of conscience, uh, meaning that they're based in natural law, and they 
we've got uh, you the from the moment you started answering this one, it was garbling, and I thought maybe it was just us, but I asked in the chat room and um and yeah. they were losing you in the I, chat room. I, uh, I, 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 I haven't moved, and I'm just two feet away from now, my Alfred, Alfred, we can't hear Alfred. We can't hear a word that you're saying. Um, do you want to do um, you want to call back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Call, call back. back, and and we'll hold we'll hold the space here. Wow, this is uh, this this is something else. Laura, are you are you with us? Yeah, I absolutely am. I just you know find it Wild. interesting I'm the sure. amount of. Yeah, are you there? Oh, yeah, just, you ready. know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just noticing just some of the critics that are out there, just you know, with their opinions and judgments, and it just it blows my mind. You know, Alfred's one of the most humble, intelligent, amazing beings that I know, and it's just it's laughable. You know, when people have their critical insulting comments um anyway yeah i mean it's it's wacky and i mean we ran into a couple of uh declines in the um in the in the uh, room about it um uh in the uh the event page on facebook and it's like you just realize that these people are so lost in their projections about him to know this man is to know his heart yeah, and I've had, you know, we've we've gotten to know him and I've 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 done a lot of traveling, gone to a lot of, you know, different countries doing conferences and it's been an absolute pleasure and joy to just get to know him and his work. It's just, you know, he's he's one of my greatest inspirations. So, you know, to anybody out there that, you know, has your wires crossed or projections out of hand, I would think again. <laughs> Is he back with us? Now, yeah, take yeah. it easy. Yeah, can you hear me hear now? Yes. Yeah, hey, yeah, we can hear you perfectly now. Oh, good, good. Well, I was just about to begin to talk about the the tribunals. And so, in my mind, it's no wonder that suddenly I was muted, because these are, are tribunals of real justice. And the work that I do is quite real. I mean, it affects leaders, and it affects values and nations, and it cuts into, uh, you know, illusions that people have. And so those are matters of controversy. So uh, people tend to project onto me uh, uh, a great deal, uh, and that always happens with change agents in history. So it's quite natural that that happens. Uh, and But, you know, at least... You know, you're having an interview with a change agent, so <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are. <laughs> but but here, yeah, so currently I'm a judge on uh, two different uh, tribunals of conscience, and I'm a journalist covering the work of a third tribunal of conscience. And what a tribunal of conscience is, is a a people's tribunal that has come together because the normal institutions of justice have refused to act on uh, large-scale crimes, crimes of genocide, war crimes, things of that sort. And it's analogous to a citizen's arrest, and that is that if a citizen comes across a crime, a murder or something like that, 
a citizen has the power to of a law enforcement agent and to enforce the law in that moment. But it's much deeper because you're, you're dry, the natural law, which is the power behind a, a tribunal of conscience, all social law, social law is what legislatures pass or what courts enforce in the common law, you know, contract law, commercial law, criminal law that the legislatures pass or common law, uh, uh, court cases, all of that is what we call social law. And social law is grounded in the natural law. It's grounded in a principle, which is a design principle in nature called justice. We all know in our gut when, when justice is being served, when there's something just and something unjust. And that's why the jury system works, because people are asked to serve in a jury, and they're asked to, to dispense justice uh, as members of a jury, and the judge is asked to uh, dispense justice. And that is the essence of natural law, is dispensing justice. So the answer is, do tribunals of conscience have teeth? Well, they have the teeth of justice. In some sense, you can say, does karma have teeth? And the answer is, well, it does. <laughs> and uh, our judgments in the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal are profound because now everybody on the planet knows that George W. Bush and Tony Blair are war criminals, along with uh, our second judgment in Iraq, which was uh, uh, the vice, you know, uh, his his vice president uh, and secretary of de de defense, and uh, um, uh, all of the people who participated in the in the torture program in Iraq. Richard B. Cheney, Donald H. Rumsfeld, uh, the um, uh, Alberto Gonzalez, the Attorney General, uh, all of those have been found to have been guilty of war crimes after a five-year process that cost $5 million. And that's known throughout the world, and now they can't travel outside of their countries because the only reason why they're not arrested and tried is because they're inside the United States and protected by the national security state, by, by the CIA, whose servants and creations they are. There are. Uh, so they, they do have teeth. And, and the more and more that, that the International War Crimes Racketeering Organization, which is a term that I have for the, the world power matrix under the city of London bankers and the British and Dutch Crown and the Rockefeller machine in the in the West and the Chinese Communist Party, which is nothing but a front for the Shanghai uh, dope group. You know, it's basically dope ink. Uh, uh, that th those are really a worldwide criminal gang that's deconstructing at this time. It, it looks paradoxically like it's coming to its apex. But it's also deconstructing, and and so 
while they now compromise and control the judiciaries and the governments worldwide, they do not control justice because justice is part of natural law, which is part of the fabric of the universe, so that we citizens then can form our own courts and conduct our own trials. And we can form our own governments and our own legislatures and our own executives and carry out and make our own laws and carry out our own governance in parallel with the the matrix government, which is part of the matrix. Therefore, it's virtual. It's not as real as the people's government. And that may happen more and more uh, as, as we go into uh, a period of, systems breakdown over the next, you know, transition period of four to eight years. Uh, uh, so, so that's how law works, and that's profoundly how law works, and, and uh, uh, that's how I've always approached law itself, you know, kind of trying to embody law in my in my persona and in my acts and in, and in what I do, and to understand deeply <clears throat> that people do not break the law, people break themselves against the law. That's a <laughs> fundamental insight. That is an incredible insight, yes. Like, Where do you like see that. yourself in the next couple of years, you know, just on a political level with Andrew's, you know, um, campaign in 2016 and how that's going to play out because that's so immersed in, you know, the matrix that we're fighting against. How, how do you see yourself and just this all playing out in a way that's going to bring, you know, humanity into, you know, back on track? Yeah, well, you know, it, uh, all, all of these things are kind of almost, I think, in parallel timelines. And, right. and, uh, and so from, from my end of things, uh, Andy has really, and I feel very privileged that he's called on me to 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 help out with the with with it with his campaign, which I deeply support, and and um, and I and I do have some knowledge and skills in in that area, which I am lending, and uh, I I also have an ongoing parallel project which. I'm very happy about which Laura you're you'll you're a faculty member of and that's our online uh, educational institution in uh exosciences, sci sciences and exopolitics called Exo University. And people can go to exouniversity.org uh and see it. Right now we're in the process of developing <clears throat> Our, our new online website that'll be up uh, after the first of the year and we have uh, seven or eight new courses with new exciting faculty coming online in a wide diversity of areas uh, Laura has a very exciting course coming on there and and uh, so I'll I'll I'm I'm going to be active there and I've got these two books um, uh, underway, and I must say that writing my third autobiography, The World Wide Weber, is a process of oh. self-discovery at the I dimension, the at the inter, 
at the interdimensional level, which is really mind-blowing, and which feeds all of the other projects. So it's like, wow, you know, it's like everything is expanding, and it's like going into hyperspace from a creative point of view. Oh, how incredible. Gosh. I really love this. It's um it's it's just such a treat to to be able to have you on particularly tonight, Alfred. I mean that's it it's just it, it means so much and it it um it's just really amazing the way the way everything works out. Now, um You've you've mentioned about Exo University. Give give our listeners um, other points of uh, contact and connection for you, and then any events or anything you have coming up that we should um, be aware of right now or on the lookout for. And the news show, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My the uh, the uh, principal kind of news portal that we have on the internet is exopolitics.com. And and you can go there uh, for um, you know all of the news updates there. And we now have launched a very exciting weekly news show called the News Live, and that that's um, uh, actually live streaming at Exopolitics TV. Just go to YouTube. Uh, and Google in Exopolitics TV. It's on at 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, uh, 9 Eastern, and 1 a.m. GMT every Friday for half an hour. We 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 give you our the motto of the News Live is the News Live gives you the news that the mainstream news is designed to hide. Nice. So you get sort of a summary of the week. Uh, of what the new the mainstream news has been hiding, and that's been really sort of gone viral. I mean, it's amazing, and I've gotten all sorts of support from all around the world on that. And it's a new technology from YouTube that allows us to stream live from our YouTube channels, and then it goes directly into archive. Uh, and and if you you can either go to our YouTube channel or go to exopolitics.com. And it'll be right there, and uh, uh, you can uh, reach me there, and and just go to exopolitics.com, and there's a link at the top if you'd like to email me. Uh, and then I, I've got two uh, two uh, events coming up. One is uh, later this month in Los Angeles, the uh, Alchemy event. I believe it's on the 14th or so of November. And then on the 21st of December, that magical date, I'll be appearing <clears throat> in uh, Sedona, in Sedona, Arizona, at an event uh, down there. And you can go to exopolitics.com uh, and see all of the events there. And then we have a very exciting program of events for 2013 as well. Um, that's, oh, that's just great. Awesome. And uh, I know Laura and I are looking forward to getting up to um, to BC sometime. My uh, experience up there with uh, Neil and Ilya from Portal to Ascension um, a couple of years ago, over two years ago, was so incredible and so stellar that um, uh, we're we're definitely definitely going to make our way back up there. Oh, great, great! Yeah, you're 
your event here really uh, served to raise the frequency of our whole of, of our whole community here, and and it was really great and really welcome. So we look forward to that. Well, um, just so much respect um, for the role that you have, um, as far as I can tell, without hesitation, stepped up to play um, for all of us. And um, that's just, uh, I, I, I don't know if I could ever really express the deep appreciation I have for all that you do, Alfred, but um, just, just know that uh, that's the energy I hold. Yeah, and me too. Thank you very much. And I feel the same way. I'm so grateful, you know, to have you on the show. I'm absolutely and unbelievably grateful for just, you know, all that you do and all that you've done, you know, with me and for me. And I just, you're you're one of my greatest friends and my greatest inspirations. And you're just an incredible, incredible being. And humanity is so blessed to have you with us. So thank you so much for the show. And um, I know Dr. Dream has a few words before we go, but it's been wonderful, and thanks for all your wonderful information. Thank you. All right, Alfred, we'll be in touch soon. Great. And so we've got um, some really wonderful things coming up. Uh, we we decided to uh, be really proactive with um, – our guests, and so um, we we booked out a little bit. I know that um, that that Laura mentioned some of this in the beginning, but uh, next week we have Kim Carlsberg on the broadcast. Um, on the 20th of November we have Jordan Maxwell, and on the 27th of November we have uh, Joan Hangartner, and um, we're just uh, really looking forward to all of this. And um, yes. are you are you there, sweetie? Anything else yeah, for us to cover right now? Yeah, we got some great shows ahead. We have this event, eleven eleven. If you're not able to attend, you know something in your local community or you know over live stream, you know really set aside the date eleven eleven to really breathe and focus. You know, focused intention on you know what you'd like to see for the collective in yourself and your future. And, you know, there's just so many people breathing along with with you and with us, and it's it's really going to help empower the energy and actualize it. So, you know, there's just a lot to be doing in the next couple months in this incredible window period that we're in. Um, we each can make a difference. It's hugely important that we all step up in our own way. And, um, you know, with an example like Alfred and just some of, you know, our other colleagues and friends out there, you know, there's there's – it's it's not too difficult to look at a good example um, and to take, you know, similar steps in one's life to empower truth and empower your vision and dreams. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I have to share. I mean, that's, that's really important. You know, as we um, bring our guests um, out into uh, the circles of, of uh, who we connect with, um, you know, certainly tonight with Alfred, it, it gives us all just a little bit more permission to to be fully in our roles and to, to deal with some of the stuff we deal with. And, and for me, it makes things a little easier to just sort of roll off um, and be a little more uh, resilient to some of the um, 
the stuff that comes our way. Let's let's go real quick to this 11-11 event. If you are not going to be with us in Ventura in Southern California, please go to this website, doasone.com, and get the information on the 1 billion people um, in synchronous breathing and everything else. It will be at uh, from 1 o'clock till... 11 minutes after 2 Los Angeles time on Sunday. But you can check uh, your time zone anywhere in the world. We still have a few spaces left for our event um, here in Ventura, which is uh, really exciting, includes lunch and six, six and a half hours of, of really wonderful information and presentations. Then also we've got the 12-12-12 event, the Star Knowledge Conference in Phoenix, and then um, we will be announcing shortly an event in Ventura on 12 Um And Laura and I will be uh, part of that, and, and that's exciting also. So just no shortage of um, exciting news and plans and, and opportunities for all of us. And so, Laura, I just want to thank you for just being the most incredible partner um, anyone could ever ask for and um, for all the love that you so readily share with all of us. I want to thank you, and I want to thank all of our listeners. And a big thanks to everybody and to you as well, and much, much love, and we'll see you next week. All right, everyone. Take care. Good night, and share all the love that's in your heart. Yes. Good night.